On this week's episode, Hardwick, more like Hardly Knew Ya. Hard times ahead for Hardwick. And Docker Shocker. All that and more coming up. Welcome to The Late Change, the AFL podcast ready to make its head coaching debut. I'm at, Ryan. Oh, what were we going to say? I was going to say at the Tigers. At the Tigers. <laughs> Done. Yeah. Either there's a vacancy. Might be. I'm Ryan and that was... Kyle. And I've also got... Mikey. Yeah. So that's been the news this week. The the Tigers head coaching dramas after the round. Well, I suppose we can quickly jump into last week's uh, fixtures. Round 19 was quite the milestone week. We had, uh, as you recapped at the end of uh, last episode, Mike, Jimmy Bartels 300, 350 for Pav, the game's record in uh, some dude who got that. Enright's club record. Enright's club record. Nah, that was a bit harsh on Harvey getting the game's record. That was last week or was the week before? Last week. Yeah. Wow, what a monster round of milestones. Wow. It was a monster round of milestones. Um, actually thought that the two boys at Geelong served up some stellar performances. Did they ever? Yeah, so let's talk about that game because there's a few uh, ramifications from that game, not just the the milestone moments, but... No, and obviously the biggest ramification is the suspended betting on the Brownlow. Have they? Yep, it's done. It's, it's Dangerfields. Okay. Lock really? it in. Yeah, he, he absolutely smashed it. It was easy three points for him. I think... Uh, Been saying that all year. Was it last year, year before last, they paid out bets on Gary Ablett um, earlier on in the season? He could pull zero And he didn't next. end up but winning. He, yeah, but he lost 12... He missed 12 games. No, but not that year. Yeah, it was that year. Because that, that was the year where he started so strong and they were like giving him three points every game up until mid-season and then... All of a sudden, boom, gone. Yeah, but it's ridiculous. Games. It's ridiculous to pay out a Brownlow medal halfway through the year, anyway. Yeah, but that's just silly. I don't think he'll win it. Dangerfield. You had, don't think Dangerfield will win it? No. Dangerfield had thirty-three touches, three goals straight. Two of them in. <laughs> two of them within about five minutes in the game, or something like that. Two, two in the second or third quarter, I think. And he he laid four tackles as well. So he's not just he's not just getting those easy balls on the outside. He's getting in and under. He's kicking goals. He's winning possession. He's, so he's leading possessions, leading goals. He, I mean, the, the couple of goals he kicked were pretty important moments in the game where the Bulldogs are sort of pressing and the scores weren't... The, the Geelong kind of had the run of the game, but they weren't putting the scoreboard pressure on and he just come in and was like, here, this is how you kick goals. Yeah, so I think the difference for me between a, a really good A-plus list midfielder and a Brownlow medalist is starting to have impacts on other parts of the game and turning results. And that's what he did. You know, he kicked mm. goals and he did kick goals. We've seen Gary Ablett do it in the past. He, he's, he can carry a team by kicking two goals in quick succession. Five prolific in front of goals, not only a ball magnet in the middle of the field the year he won his Brownlow. Like, it is the thing that helps you stand out from the crowd when you start to have a impact across the field, not just in the middle. I can't see this man not winning a brown low. Yeah, you need to be good for a, a goal a game, I think, at least as a to be a top level midfielder these days. Um, and Paddy's probably good for more than a goal a game with a, at the rate he's going. He's kicked two or three um, fairly frequently this year, so he's going okay. But I mean, it wasn't just uh, Dangerfield. We had obviously 
um, Bartel playing his 300th and we can talk briefly about his goal to cap off the game uh, the big left foot uh, shot from the 50 perfect way to end it Rip Snorter yeah just casually off the wing I mean co- the coach is going to be spewing the Bulldogs coach will be spewing because he's got the got the ball he was left spare because of the time on the clock and yeah, just waltzed and sure it wasn't an easy goal but he had so much time yeah I mean, no one in the goal square um, um, but still a beautiful kick it's it, it's so uh, fitting for Bartel like such a skilled player on the left 50 out it's still not a easy kick to put through um, in junk time and stuff the game's sort of over and, and that sort of thing but um, yeah I mean I th- it's just perfect for him to finish it his 300th with a goal like that I think it's good good for the club good for the game um, and the Cats got over quite comfortably in it which is interesting uh, yeah it would have been a different result I think if um not for a couple more injuries to the poor Bulldogs, but yeah, you know, losing Libba, who was pretty much swinging the game uh, to the Bulldogs' favour, and then losing another midfielder in McRae, uh, probably I think around about three-quarter time, so or close to a bit. That definitely hurts them. Yeah, and a lot of that had uh, it, that did hurt them. They they were maintaining. I think you said before, Ryan, they were maintaining the flow of the game, but they were inaccurate in front of goals. So even before. Even before those injuries, they weren't capitalising on their opportunities, whereas Geelong were in every one of their forward 50 entries, and Geelong looked scary when they had the ball. So I still think Bulldogs were playing on the back foot. I think the margin blew out because of the injuries, but I don't know that the result would have been different. It, it's tough to say. Yeah, I think Libba was sitting on uh, on Dangerfield, I think, in the first um, yeah, they were running uh, quarter with. Or, or so. They were running with. They were. Yeah. They were both ta- taking on the game. Yeah. Um, so, but but they hurts. they weren't really taking each other out. But it does it does hurt the uh, the biggest thing really, especially in the game today, is being two uh, two players down in the rotation. It's just impossible. You, the game is so much about fitness, so much about running that you just can't sustain the game plan that you want, and you can't sustain the pressure that you want to put on with two players down. It's just not possible. I don't think any. Um, any of the top teams can beat any of the other top teams with two men down for the entire game, pra- uh, practically. That's just unlucky, isn't it? Too bad. Yeah, well, I mean, it seems to be a story for the Bulldogs, really, doesn't it? They've yeah, they successive have, weeks. They have. And I don't know at what point you start to question their, their either their pre-season program, their fitness program, their recovery program. So at what point do you go, something at the club isn't quite right? Like when does bad luck become a pattern? Yeah. you start looking at, how you're managing your players, how you're managing your injuries, how you're rotating people through training sessions. We have seen other clubs suffer these sort of fates with the consecutive games and consecutive injuries, and there usually is something that needs to be addressed. And I'm sure that they'll look at that in the off-season and try and come back healthier and stronger in 2017. Yeah, they. I mean, the injuries that they've had, uh, particularly last week, are not um, conditioning-type injuries, Um you know, a, a guy kicking the back of his leg and breaking it, nothing you can do in preseason, ACLs, um, that sort of thing. But what we've seen in the past is um, uh, prolific soft tissue injuries that run through and clubs. Had, and that's They've a, had a mixture of both. Yeah, I mean, they, they have. They have, been, they have been unlucky in some of those nastier injuries, but they've definitely suffered their fair share of minor soft tissue injuries that have just consistently sidelined players. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Do you think that they're, they're now done in terms of uh, any hope of being contenders for the flag? 
Is it yeah, a, they're, yeah, they're yeah, for sure. I, I didn't think that they were super serious flag contenders this so year you, necessarily anyway. So what are, what are we down to? A five-horse race? Realistically? Yeah, so quickly looking at the ladder, if we jump to that, Hawthorne sitting at the top still, GWS, Sydney, Geelong, Adelaide, uh, West Coast. second, essentially, from... Yeah, 50, 52 points each. Uh, West Coast, Bulldogs, North. You think that um, the Bulldogs and North are out of it, I would think. Going on current form, the Bulldogs more probably because of injuries. Uh, West Coast would want to see, in my eyes at least, a dramatic turnaround uh, in form and would really need to push into that top four type position. Uh, particularly being an interstate team. So you probably rule them out if they don't finish top four. In fact, you definitely rule them out if they don't finish top four. Yep. Yeah, they, might, they might even finish behind the Bulldogs because the Bulldogs have a relatively easy run home and the Eagles um, continuing to display their inability to travel and play good football have a relatively yeah. hard run home with hard teams at home and hard teams on the road. So, yeah, yeah, I think... I think. So we're getting to, uh, yeah, sort of five, five teams in the mix um, at the moment. GWS, I still am thinking, are not going to be real serious finals so, contenders. So look, I've, I've been, I mean, I know we've been up and down on them all year and I was a bit dirty on them how they came back after the bye. Yeah. And I think that really shows to some of the inexperience in the club, some of the, the youngsters and, and the youth. But man, they played really good on the weekend. And, yeah. And they, so they're, they're really now, on, again, they're on a game and a half if you take the first half of the Port Adelaide game out of the equation, they were a game and a half on form again, what we saw earlier in the year when they beat Hawthorne. Um, if they can hit form, if they can hit form at the right time, they can win. That's what it comes down to for me. I think they have it in them to win the flag this year. It's a question of, and I think it's a similar question for Geelong, can they hit form at the right time? You know, we, we talk about Hawthorne being consistent and having a consistent high level of football. I think there are teams that can play better than Hawthorne, just not consistently. So really, yeah, you're right. those four teams underneath Hawthorne can all beat them. I'm just just not sure you know, what team's going to rock up on the day. Even with Sydney, so they can come out and destroy a team. <coughs> or they can come out and put up a subpar performance to Carlton at the SCG. You know, so it's really perplexing to me the, the, what we see from those next tier of teams underneath Hawthorne. Yeah, I think um, I think Hawthorne. Uh, I think the teams around Hawthorne aren't necessarily better than Hawthorne. Um, I think that the teams around them can beat them on their day, but I still would fancy Hawthorne in most of those matchups. Yeah, not not for consistency reasons. I think Hawthorne, as a club, as a football team, are actually the best football team yeah. in the competition. Well, that, I mean, that is a consistency, though, isn't it? I mean, you no, know, I, you know, they dish up quality. I football. think Hawthorne's best football is better than anyone else's best football. Yeah, um, I think their their peak is better than anyone else's peak with the squad that they've got. So, I, I, I maybe it's because I don't want to, but I don't see them winning the grand final. I, I'm getting, I'm starting to have this this weird sense that it's not theirs. I feel like I don't even think about them in the competition anymore. Maybe that's because they sit so high above everybody else. I know I'm the same. I'm I just I'm not even considering them at all. But okay, you look at the ladder and they're on top and they're two games, games clear, clear yeah. and it's like how'd they even get there? And someone someone looked at um you know they're four they're four four free kicks away from being down with kangaroos. You know those games they won 
very, very tightly. So they're, they're like four goals. They're four kicks. They're four free kicks away from being on the bottom of the eight. So they have had a lot of shave-ins. We know that their best football is phenomenal. We know they consistently deliver and find a way to win. But they have had some questionable games, particularly earlier in the season, and they may have a slightly inflated position on the ladder. I just I just don't want to give them 100% assurance of this grand final. Yeah, who wants that? Like, I mean, I've been saying that. All, I've said that since round one that they're going to win again this year. But you don't want to go into the finals yeah, thinking. I, that I just think. I mean, I'm really annoyed with the AFL for allowing a team to get demoted from the Galactic League to come and play in our lowly Australian league. Yeah, they it's shouldn't have allowed an all-world team. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. Like, I, I really, really hope that if Hawthorne win this year, that's the end of the dominance. I don't want this era of Hawthorne dominance to continue and I don't want any club to continue to have this sort of dominance over the competition so the, for the such answer a long time. To that, I do. The, the answer to that though is what the... And, and I agree with Mikey in a sense because the answer to that is that you have to... The other teams have to lift and I feel that they are. Like, that's what I'm saying. I feel like those four teams placed at this part of the season have the potential to beat Hawthorne and that's what I want to see is, is teams really emerging as, as competitors for that title rather than having rather than having okay it's a new season and all your favorite teams are now on the bottom of the ladder and here are a bunch of new teams like i like this rise to form this who can topple the king i don't want um uh i don't want the the ladder to be yo-yoing um in the way that sort of Fremantle fell from grace this year i don't want that um not specifically because of Fremantle, but I mean in general. But I want um, competitiveness week to week and uh, yeah, they, and year to year. They've delivered that this this season. They have to an extent. And we had a lot of early on in particular it was really good, but it sort of settled. And I feel like we've delivered that in the last two years as well. But that but the two they've had what two West Australian teams play in the grand final in the last two years or was it yeah, another year before? It's good. But you you because it was maybe Sydney before the Eagles and Fremantle before that. You know they're 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 tough asks, uh, and all of those you can look at all of those teams and see reasons why they weren't able to do that. Either their list, either their maturity, either injuries to key players. Um, so there is a little bit of that that comes into it. Hawthorne's been very healthy for very long. Whatever they're doing is working. They've built great depth in the way they've recruited players. I don't think that you can be angry at them about that. I'm not angry at Hawthorne at all. I think it's a great achievement. In fact, I think that the um, the club and support staff don't get enough credit for how much they've groomed this team to be so dominant. It's not just the players. It's so much more about the club and the culture and the supporters. Like Everything around that club is about winning. On a, on a slight deviation, but keeping on the same to- topic, do you think... Everyone talks about the, the mindset of clubs that don't get to play finals all the time and getting that nervousness. And GWS is going to face that. They're going to face an elimination game at some point and they're going to be terrified. Do you think on the day that there's a little voice in the back of Hawthorne players' heads that's like, there's no way we win four in a row? No. No one wins four in a row. No, I don't think so. I think that Hawthorne are the only team that walk out onto the field and think that no matter what, they win every game. I think they're the only team that's shown that they Four in a row, though. Yeah, I know. But they've won three in a row. They'll probably win this year and then go for five in a row. Like they'll yeah. be up the top. Everyone will go. Oh no, they can't do five. And then probably this time next year they'll be up top of the. Yeah, then well, in ten years' time ass. we'll be talking. Oh, yeah. can they do eleven in a row? It's who, yeah. who knows. Yeah, I mean eleventh is the hardest. Yeah, yeah. No one's done eleven in a row before. So Hawthorne, that's your mark. 
so let's quick talk, quickly talk about uh, the GWS Richmond game, the the news through the week, obviously. The, sorry, the what game? The GWS what game? It wasn't much of a game. The GWS training cone game? Yeah. Um, Richmond... Just, a, bunch of, a bunch of wild tigers untrained in football would have put up a better performance. Yeah, I mean, this... And they, I love the team stuff, they, so don't get me wrong. They finished... What did they finish? Fifth last year, didn't they? Yeah, they finished the top eight last year. Fifth, yeah, I think they... Yeah, somehow. Something like that. And in the last few years, they've been finishing in the finals, but something has gone terribly wrong, uh, particularly in the last few weeks. I mean, the season hasn't been a good season for them, um, but they're really... So this is what... The, here, let me sum this up for you. This is Hardwick's eight. Seventh season, he's going into his eighth season next next year. Okay. No, he's not. Fifth, is it? Yeah, it's not. Eight. I don't think No, it's... he won't be going into a season next year. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, this is his seventh season. Um, the word rebuild is is one that must be used and applied to Richmond at this point in time. They, they need to clean out players and need to bring in a different uh, a different mix. You know, whether or not you build a team around Rewalt, who's probably still got some years in him, whether or not you build a team around their one or two of their midfielders who, who potentially have something to, to offer, but they need to rebuild. Now, do you offer an eighth-year coach the job of rebuild? I mean, can he really go and now rebuild a team? Can he even coach a team? I don't... Look, I don't... I think that that's not even in question. I don't... If he was an amazing coach, he can't possibly take this team through a rebuild. He's been there too long. It's just not... It's not the right thing to do to ask him to do that. You need a fresh start. It's not blaming the coach it's not blaming his coaching skills he's got to go yep there's no other option I I will be gobsmacked if he is coaching next year yeah there's no way at this point I think everyone pretty much acknowledges that even we were talking right at the start of the season giving him a, a contract extension was insanity uh, I think that they look they'll look back at that now and go yeah that was a bit weird he, he really would have had to have this I mean yeah no, I just can't see any way that this that this Well, what do, what do Richmond do from here? Do you build around someone like a Dustin Martin? I, I think you move oh, I him. build around Rewalt. Um, during the week, there was a couple of um, like articles that I read and people were questioning, would you like yet build a team around um, Martin or uh, who's the, the other midfielder in their team? Lost it now. Delidio? Um Nope. Cochin. Cochin. Um Don't build a so, team around Cochin. Well, they they say that Cochin more for leadership style. Um, yeah, sure. So would be better at building a team. Um, possibly trade Dusty when he's at his peak um, and get maximum currency for him. Um, yeah. What do you guys reckon? I hundred percent think you need to move Dustin Martin. Hundred percent. If they don't clean up shop and keep one or two key players and and obviously keep their youth, but just have an injection of new youth and plan for playing in finals in four or five years' time. They're not going to play in finals for a very long time. They can't keep all their aging midfielders. And yes, some of them have a lot of football left in them, but you just can't sit on them all because you'll just end up like Brisbane. You know, you have to do something. I think you bang on what you said. Keep Cochin keep and... Cochin um, for the rebuild for the leadership but move move Martin while you've got uh, currency in him because he there'll be a lot of clubs that would desperately desperately want a player like Martin to drop into there'd be 17 other clubs 17 other clubs a player like Martin exactly right 
um, and would be willing to part with quite uh, particularly clubs that are pushing for um, a premiership over the next couple of years. Oh yeah. Um, maybe a, a team like the Bulldogs or um, Adelaide or something like that that are looking to be on the upper bit and um, and push into that top 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 echelon. A player like him will just slot into that team and really help them out, and they'd be willing to part with probably uh, quite a bit to get a player like that oh, to definitely. really open their premiership window up. So I think Richmond um, should should move him, definitely. He's only young too, eh? He's not very old. I think he's mid-20s, something like that. Um, so they'd get a couple of early... Number three draft Early like, round draft picks. Yes. Get something yeah. decent in and, and then start to build a team around that with what they've already got. But Yeah, yeah. I think so. Because otherwise you're going to end up with this mismatch of... Um, of age uh, of players if you keep some of these guys and, and I think you also you won't get the young players through that you want to get through because you need to maximise um, if you're going to go through a rebuild you really need to commit to it one thing that they haven't done is commit to a rebuild they've sort of been doing this half uh, patchwork exactly. type thing for the last few years where they're getting these sort of more mature age players in from other clubs and trying to patch in little holes and it hasn't worked for them because it doesn't work yeah. uh, particularly well it's sort of okay if you're uh, if you're really good and you just need that little bit to get you over or you're trying to sustain your excellence. But Richmond have never really been a top-tier team, so they've just been sustaining mediocrity with doing that. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, so bite the bullet, uh, gut the team, and rebuild, I think. I'd keep, I'd keep Rewalt. He's at a career high for average disposals and he's on track to cap 50 goals again this season. Yeah. Um, sure. But I mean, you know, you can't empty everyone out. But the I think only other player I'd keep would probably be um, a Vickery, Ty Vickery. Oh, for big, sure, big Tyrone. I mean, the guy. Give actually probably just give him the um, coach's job. It's going to be hard uh, playing playing coach. They'll Done. they'll yep. struggle to keep hold of him. He's a massively sought after free agent this summer. Sorry, do you say Frio agent? Because I hear they Frio want him bad. Frio have put on the. I heard they wanted on the going to give five on the off the table five, and they want to pay. Vickery a million a year. I would. Is what they were saying. I would. I mean, he's going to get bums on seats. He is. You're exactly right. Um, Cold pie day will be just a sellout every round. Yep. Yeah. I mean, he's good for, you know, he'll kick you 10 or 15 goals a season. Yeah, every, every two seasons. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, real, real. Uh, and probably. <laughs> if he's not rubbed out for knocking people say, out. And probably. And probably that's because of all the suspensions. Yeah, exactly. All right, uh, let's move on a little bit. So, yeah, so that, and so that was their lowest score since I think the seventies or the eighties. I can't remember the exact year. But Twenty-three it, points. Yeah, it's one point first quarter, one goal first half. Just awful. No goal last half, last quarter. Just yeah, they're gonna they're gonna limp home through the uh, rest of the season, and we'll see a coaching. Here's change a question. The the Here's a question for you. We. We've actually seen some half-decent performances from Collingwood, but they're only one game ahead of Richmond, um, including a couple of big upsets. So I think mm. they've beaten Geelong and West Coast. So um, is is Buckley out of the out of hot water, or is I mean, it's one game different between the two teams. We, we yeah. rag on Richmond, but they're they're only going to win one game when they're on par with Collingwood. We rag on Collingwood as well, but I I think uh, my my opinion. Uh, has remained the same. I think that he's probably not in trouble now because they see a couple of wins and they're like, oh, yeah, it's great. But I think he, Buckley has to go. Don't rate him as a coach at all. And that that team, that club in particular, uh, should be doing a lot better. That's one of the 
wealthiest clubs in the competition, one of the most well-supported clubs. They've got some brilliant players. Because um, I've heard them use the, the Fremantle excuse of, oh, yes, but we don't have Swan. But the likelihood is they're not going to have Swan next season. I mean, didn't he say he wouldn't play on if, unless they were going to win a grand final or played finals or something? Yeah. I mean... Yeah, you would question why he would bother. Even if he does, he's got one year left in him. And so he's, he hasn't he's got the, 32 or 33. He hasn't got the youth or the or the, the healthy body of some of the other teams that are complaining of missing their key key players. So where does that come from? Like I know they've got, a, they've got um, Adams and um, Trelaw, is it? Mm-hmm. Um, so they've picked up a couple of gun midfielders that'll probably only get better. Uh, Penelbury's probably got Penelbury, a couple more years in him. Oh, he's got plenty more years in him. He's got you, five more years. You'll probably, probably see, win, a, um, win a Brownlow before he retires probably. Mm, nah. Probably see um, like Nathan Buckley. You, I, I would think he would get turfed this season. I would hope so. Because um, they don't need to rebuild. I feel like they've nah. got the. I feel like they've got the players there. They've got a lot of players who are new and and like I think Moore played really well on the weekend. I know he, he was injured, but he, he's certainly a an exciting player. And there's yeah. a couple of other players that are really really going to be very good at Collingwood that you can look at and you go, they're going to be very good. In five years' time, so they've they've started the rebuild. So, do you let him see that through because they're getting some traction at the end of the season, or do you still go, look, we're just going to have the same problem again next year? We're sorry, mate. Golden handshake. See you later. He's a rubbish coach. Yeah, he'd be an excellent like player development coach or something like that, yeah. mentoring new players coming through. Um, that's where same similar like a Michael Voss, those types of um, of people, they'd just be unreal with. The newer, younger players um, coming to the club, but as for a coach, I don't they've, think he's much. Job. They're in a really tough position because he's a club legend, and they probably want him around the club. Like you're saying, yeah. he'd be great around the club. You want him involved, but now you've got to convince a guy that hey, you're not good enough for the head coaching position, but we still want you around. Look how well that worked for Mick Malthouse. Uh, yeah, it's but a tough sell. Mick, yeah, okay, it's so a Mick Malthouse agreed to the condition of handing over but never said it was a great idea and then when he was demonstrating bringing a team up that was should have been pushing for for grand final he turned around to the club and said no I'm going to coach him for one more season because I can win a flag and the club said no we're going with Buckley so he was like well that's the mistake and then he left and it was a mistake was it not? It was of mm, course yeah. but the, I don't think he was ever going to be uh, happy taking a back seat no, well, no, perhaps not. But and I think I think you find a similar situation now. Like it's hard. I think it's hard to go from. Although I mean, a few uh, people have gone from head coaching positions, but typically not within the same club. So they typically move to another club and become an assistant or a development coach or something like that. So I just I can't imagine the headline of Buckley getting fired. I really can't. I think they've won enough games and the whole club yeah, legend thing that he won't get sacked this year. Yeah, I think that he should, but I don't think he will. Yeah, that's I agree. Uh, what about uh, Lepich? Oh, you're probably right. Yeah, I think he's done just enough. You know what I mean? Like, even though it's one game more than Richmond, I think that they don't lose disgracefully. And I think, well, except for perhaps earlier in the season, they've done enough now. It's it's rubbish for the club. It is. I think it is rubbish for the it club. It just won't be like a renewal. It'll just be like, no, nah, we're not renewing your contract. Yep. So See you later. Yeah, exactly. Instead of tarnishing like a club legend sort of thing, we're going in a new direction. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, Brisbane. Lepich, what, what's the position there? How many seasons has he done there now? It's hard to say. Again, they, I guess they were not expected to do much better where they are than where they are now. Do you yeah. do you give him another year to see improvement with a game with less injury? Or it's a hard one. It's a hard one. 
Because I don't think you can sack people just for having a shit team. But if the, the difference with Hardwick is he was there when they were doing good, he was pushing, and now they're falling. If you're going to rebuild, I think you rebuild without the same coach. Yeah, true. Um, but Lepic, they're still rebuilding. Do you, do you give him a chance? I guess that's up to the board. Yeah. I reckon it's a 50-50. I think he's probably not as likely as Hardwick, but more likely than Buckley. He probably sits somewhere in the middle. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah, it's hard to um, know from the outside looking in what the internal thoughts are around uh, around how Brisbane are going and how they're developing. Obviously, they'd have their own internal metrics of what they're wanting to achieve in the season. Like Realistically, they probably wouldn't have even looked at finals as an, uh, a viable goal for them this season. They've had a few injuries and stuff as well that haven't uh, haven't helped them, certainly. So, yeah, it's hard to say. I can't really... It's hard to know because you look at that club and think, the where's the improvement going to come from, even with a coaching change? Um, coaching change isn't going to be enough. They need some other changes there. They need time. They need... I think they players. need time. I I think that they still are heading in the right direction. Like I, I rated them at, at this year as a team that I thought would improve, and they haven't. They haven't. No. Um, but I still think they're on the precipice of that. Um, for me, the teams that improved that I wasn't expecting were teams like St Kilda. Um, I thought really I thought them and Brisbane would be in different spots. Everyone else, everyone else is about bottom eight wise is about where I thought they'd be. Yeah. So St Kilda, uh, good segue. Lost to uh, the Kangas on the week, Harvey's well. milestone game. They did. I actually tipped St Kilda, I think, on the show and uh, and in my footy tipping. Oh, no, I didn't. I tipped Kangas in my footy tipping. Uh, but I, I thought that they probably would knock off the Kangas. Um, um, unlike the other milestone game we haven't talked about yet where another player hit 350, mm-hmm. um, this team really lifted around the milestone. Mm. They really lifted. Every, yeah. every time someone marked, kicked a goal, they were pointing at the four two seven on their on their jumper, pointing at the four two seven on the ground. Like it was, it was a pretty emotional game. Um, St Kilda played really well, but I think you know that was one of the better games I've seen Kangaroos play. Yeah, well, it basically Passionate. rules um, rules St Kilda out of playing uh, finals at this point, and pretty much uh, stops. Agree, disagree. And stops. Uh, well, this is the game that Can- they kangaroos will be back to their their same old, same old, and it they will be. But this is the game that St Kilda needed to win to flip that uh, three game uh, yeah, difference so between them. Them, yeah. and they, them and four can still make it, but but three games they're is, not going to make it is is a big ask with four games left in the season. Nah, this was the one they needed because they needed they realistically they needed eighth spot if they were going to get it, and um, you can't lose to the team in eighth if you want to take their spot. Pretty much as simple as that. Yep. So that, that other milestone game, that 350, Mike. That. Yeah, you guys can talk about that. That was a dog of a game. What do you reckon, Kyle? Yeah, it was it was atrocious. If I was Pavlich, I would just in the, I suppose he, he comes out and he says, oh, it's more than about milestones, this and that and blah, blah, blah. Surely in the club rooms and the same with Ross Lyon, oh, no, we don't even focus on a, on a milestone. Pavlich has had many milestones where focus on the game of football they would be dirty that they got yep that no. they got thumped that's Wrong Ross attitude. Lyons worst um, loss in his career and it was on big paths um, three feet how inches. they how they don't go out there and just play a tough brand of footy like a you know they don't have the skills and the player base but they go out there and just play tough and they could have they're under Ross Lyon they could have restricted that scoring they could have made it a, a tighter contest that they were always still going to lose 
But instead, they went out there with no energy. Treated like their own little mini grand final. It was the the attitude of the players from the moment of the first bounce was one of resignation, which I think isn't befitting to the hero's you know last milestone game before his retirement at the end of the season. Um, I hope they don't do that this weekend. It'll be one of the worst derbies in history. I hope they come out fired up after that and, and do something good for his 351st. Because that was crap, let's face it. And Sydney didn't even play that well. They just had no pressure, no contest. It was a strange game. It was not unlike the, the GWS game. They both had very similar yeah. feel to them. Yep. Yeah, I can't say any more than that. You pretty much summed it all up. He kicked a goal, though. Kicked two. Or kicked two. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one off the my prediction of three. Who had two? Did you have two? Yeah, I went in the guts, I think. Yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah, I had one. You had three. One, had three, two. two. There you go, Mike. Well done. And oh. two straight as well, eh? Two straight. Yeah. End of the game. I think he kicked one out of bounds. He he also gave one away in the goal square in oh. the uh, in the first quarter um, to Tabiner, I think. Oh, what a champion! I'd drop him for this week. <laughs> oh yeah, he's he's done. He's done. Drop him. No, he's he's so he's pretty much said he's only playing home games. But the he derby, is. He hasn't pretty much he said that. He tra- literally said <laughs> he that. He doesn't have to travel for the derby. This <laughs> is around the corner. Free will probably go and look, Pav, do you mind just playing home games? We're a bit tight on the budget and can't afford the airline ticket um, for the last few games. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's move on and, and look at this uh, upcoming round. Uh, we've got, as you've been mentioning... Can we segue? Yeah. Western the Derby. Derby. The Western Derby. So, uh, let's have a look at some of Battle, the tips. Battle of the Tall Timbers. So, it's the last game of the round, but... Both Nick Natanui and Aaron Sandlands are both back in for the ruck for both teams. Yep, and this was, of course, uh, round three that Nick Natanui punctured Aaron Sandlands' lung, put him out for the season. So it'll be interesting that they're both returning from injury and this is both their first game back. Uh, what a soft C word. Yep, uh, I was just going to say that. Um, <laughs> so I got, I got in trouble for that last time. Mm-hmm. Drink more milk, mate. What's wrong with your bones? Yeah. All you did was tap you. Did you? And that'd be big bones too. They would be. God, that'd be big bones. That's why they're weaker. Did you? Uh, you guys obviously. No, sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no dude. You talking about like a rib that's extra long, so that's weaker also in the middle point. Extra thick. <laughs> yeah, or thick. I suppose. Yeah, maybe. You're talking yeah. like. Saying, I assumed it was thin. He's not. So he's not like milk. a dinosaur. Yeah, going so to have really to weak bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he's not drinking milk. As opposed to like he's a little, a little bones. quail or something like that. <laughs> exactly. You, it's going to be super strong because their bones are really small and hard. Yeah, and, that and is the stupidest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> That's the best logic. <laughs> hey man, I was trying to make excuses for the guy. So apparently, I hear Nick Nat can jump higher now. Okay. He dropped that's dropped, scary because dropped two or three kilos. He could already jump really, really, they really high. They inserted some springs into his yeah, heels. Yeah, so they were saying it's part Flubber. of his part of his rehab. They were saying like they he wanted okay. to get he wanted to be able to get faster and higher again. So he dropped a dropped a little bit of the muscle. Thought thought maybe yeah. he'd gone too far on the muscly side. Okay. And maybe again we talked about injury management before, but one of the things that clubs will look at is is carrying too much weight if you're getting strain like injuries. So. Mm. I think Nat Nui yeah, pretty clever. has probably been asked to lose some weight because of the injuries in his foot. So he was getting huge. Yeah, uh, was... a lot of players, um, as they're nearing the end of their careers as well, will drop weight to maintain the the fitness and <clears throat> and help with the injuries and things like that. You see it in other sports. Um, I don't explain Harvey to me. Like I don't. I mean, he's not my favorite guy going around, but holy god, my he's just oh, he's just a just genetically a freak. He's built like a. 
21-year-old. Mm. What's well, like 15 pre-seasons, um, <laughs> 15 years of doing weights a few times ripped. a week. Mm. Yeah. And a little nugget. Oh, yeah. So the interesting thing about the, the Derby this weekend, um, this, I think, it's not going to be a competitive game, obviously. Shouldn't, shouldn't be. Uh, well, it won't be. But the interesting thing is Nick Natanui back in the West Coast side. I think that makes a big difference. So the Eagles made seven changes. Did they? Seven changes. Uh, Xavier Ellis back from injury. Natanui back from injury. Um, Barras back from a niggling injury. And then you've got Nelson, Yo, and Redden and Jetta all given, given another run. So we essentially... So the people that were admitted were um, Mackenzie Butler. Uh, sorry, Butler had a groin injury. Um, um, and Duggan has a, a maybe calf injury. But the essentially... Those names have just been cycled around and around and around as the Eagles try to solve their problems. You know, like Ellis hasn't been in for a little while, and I'm no, glad he, he I'm glad he is back in because I reckon he, I don't know, maybe just a bit better decision making um, coming out of the back line. I like seeing him in the team, even though he's a bit old. Yeah, um, definitely does his job well. But they're they're certainly and Yo as well. I think is a, is a player that the Eagles have missed on a consistent basis. But they're certainly just trying to get something that works because they're not good enough and something is different from last year and, and they should have really improved and they haven't. Um, so I get this air of experimentation. I don't mind that. I feel like a club where they're placed should be planning for next year. And if that means playing kids like Brass, then play kids. I think that the, I don't think that they should be planning for next year at this point. I think that it's four rounds left. Nat Nui back, I think, is a huge mm. deal for them. There is no... There is... There is nothing to stop you from let's try and win a grand final while planning for next year. Like you have to do both. You can't. You they're not in a position to do a Hawthorne and just coast through. Otherwise, you end up like a Fremantle. There is. There is. Uh, I, I I disagree. I think that you can't be half in and half out um, towards the end of the season. I think that if you want to have a serious crack this year, then you need to be spending your time looking at. It. You don't have a lot of time each week to prepare. Mm. Uh, and you've got a lot of, a long off season to prepare. It's what for they're next doing, year. though. I mean, they they feel a different side every week. Yeah, but I mean, you going in that's not going to help you in finals because going into the last few weeks of the season, you need a consistent I lineup. I you agree need a with consistent you. Game I don't plan. think I agree with so, you completely. I don't think it will help in the but finals. It'll I be interesting to see how they go. I think they're casting their eye much further forward than finals this year because this is a team that well, has maybe. a very good forward line and a relatively solid defensive line that has, for, for whatever reason, a a non-cohesive midline, yeah, and they and they seem to be experimenting with it. Yeah, well, we'll see. Um, I like Sam Brass in the team. I think that's good. Yeah, he's he's done well. It's a good find for them. Let's go through and and do some tips. So we'll do Friday night, uh, obviously, as we always do. Richmond and Collingwood. Collingwood it has to be the pause. I haven't been by hundred points. Yep, me as well. Collingwood, pretty easy. Saturday. Uh, what have we got on? Okay, what Bulldogs game do you guys can- want? Bulldogs do? kangaroos. A Bulldogs kangaroos. That's one. what I was thinking as well. Uh, all right, let's do Bulldogs kangaroos. So Bulldogs with all the injuries problems, injury problems, kangaroos just being many boys pretty back. rubbish. Many boys back, but and Bulldogs have shown again and again that they've got the guile to take it to teams even with mm-hmm. the injuries. I'm going to back Bulldogs on that one. I think, Mikey. Um, no, I'm going to go the Roos. I think the injuries will start to take a toll now. Uh, I'm also going to go Bulldogs, but it's probably more tipping the outcome I'd like to see <laughs> rather than possibly the actual outcome. 
Can I, before we move to the next one, yep. um, we've got Adelaide and Brisbane Lions. If there was ever a round to throw a cheeky tenner on a team, it's the Brisbane Lions <laughs> at 21, 21 bucks. Is it, are they really? Get on board. At least a cheeky tenner. Wow. Yeah, far out. Maybe. Uh, if they get up, take the missus out for dinner. 21 uh, bucks. Scotty Thompson's out as well, so. Whoa. Yeah. Big out. This Mc- could, and uh, McGovern as well. being managed. They're both, so, Thompson and so McGovern Source are being rested. So, Jacobs, Thompson yep. and McGovern are out. That's worth a cheeky tenner. Of oh, course. I think so. All day. I think so. Dex Walker could probably outscore the Brisbane Lions though. Oh, nah, that's no a, way, That's mate. a pretty big in. Brisbane Lions play extremely well at the New Adelaide Oval. Do they? Yeah. Where, where is your stats to back that up? That's just a gut feeling I'm I have. Are you sure they never yeah. won a game with the New Adelaide Oval? The, the old one. Nah, nah, rubbish at the old the one. New one. New one. Not bad. They're on top of that. Old one, they won three premierships in a row. New one. Yeah, not Adelaide Oval. They didn't win them. <laughs> uh, all right, let's go Sunday. Um, Got to be the Derby. You want to do the Derby? I mean, what's the... Uh, I'll go the game with the G. No, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was thinking sorry, that. Carlton. Carlton, Carlton's in Unless you're going to tip Fremantle. No, nah, not insane. Boo. Well, it's... I don't know. It's still up. I don't day. think there'll okay. be a single person in Australia that'll tip Fremantle. I don't think Fremantle oh, will tip pa- Fremantle. Pa- Pavlich will. <laughs> they're not going to run out onto the ground thinking they're going to win. <laughs> See Ross Lyon down at the TAB beforehand. <laughs> throwing, cheeky cheeky throw- tenor on Brisbane. <laughs> <laughs> cheeky tenor on West Coast. On a multi. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Uh, no, let's do Carlton and, and St Kilda. St. the G. St Kilda. They, they'll bounce back. Yeah, Saints. Yeah, me too. Have we all just all gone the same? No, you, no, you, you went different Bruce, on Saturday. We? Yeah, Saints have been playing pretty good footy, footy I reckon. Um, they're doing okay. All right. Uh, other thing, just wanted to quickly mention uh, on the show the other week, we mentioned how uh, Talia was uh, up on the drug charges. So we had a result this week. Uh, he's been fined uh, misdemeanor or something like that. I don't know what the the sentence was, but essentially not given any jail time, uh, got a fine in the club. Yeah, 12-month good behavior. 12-month good behavior. Uh, and he's got his first official strike that the AFL hands out. Um, in this in the three strikes Strike policy, uh, and that that's the end of it. I guess the club will welcome him back and uh, and hopefully get on with it. And there's no more about. I think it's a good. This is a good thing in a way for him. I don't think it will stop other players too much, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think it's definitely a good thing for him that it's. It would be he'd be really embarrassed by it. I think. Um, yeah, I and mean, like he's come out and said that. I think like, yeah. disappointed, all that sort of stuff. But I think that. He'll definitely think twice next time he's either he wants to have something or he's offered something or whatever. So probably good the way it's happened. Yeah, I hope that uh well they he's he's got uh, education that he has to go through yeah. um and that sort of thing. So hopefully it sorts him out and, and that's the end of it. So it's not any... just swept under the carpet and no one knows about it and that's it. It's out there. I reckon it's kinda of good. Yeah, exactly. If you wanted to go um one better on your multi you grab Essendon at 21, Brisbane at 21, and Dockers in the Derby. This is paying a casual two grand. Okay. Get on board. Oh. 2001, is it? Hey, if we're here next week and you're just sitting there going, man, could have been $20,000 richer. You heard it, heard it here heard first. It here we're hearing gold chains. Yeah. Yeah. It's just be dollar bills everywhere here in here next week. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 20,000 of them. Let's... Uh, <laughs> to be exact. Would you like 20,000... <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, let's move on to. We got any milestones this week, Mike? We do. Every week. Uh, I wouldn't really call this a milestone. West off for uh, 
Port Adelaide. Not the biggest fan of West Off, mm-hmm. um, but uh, two hundred games, so not bad, I suppose. Oh, come off it! Give him, give credit where credit's due. Oh, his beard's good. That's well decent. Mm-hmm. Um, big Dusty Martin one fifty, and old Scoey from West Coast is playing the one fifty as well. Well done, and so. of course, how many how many positions is Lewis Jetta? Jetta's in this week. He's in. He's back in. So that means all he needs. Well, he's in the extended team, so one he needs to make the team, needs yeah. to make the final cut, yeah. which isn't guaranteed yet. Um, but he will hopefully, all he needs is a kick, and that's not guaranteed either. Or um, a Still not guaranteed. <laughs> um, and he'll rack up the big 2,000 disposals. Oh, oh, oh. So can oh, he oh, oh. do that's it? quite the milestone. And in how many games? 2,000. In how many games? 2,000. <laughs> probably more than one that. One a game. <laughs> uh Yep, I haven't got that in front of me. Oh, boo. I can tell you right now, but would you believe he's on more disposals than Luke Bruce? Matt DeBoer. I, I would believe that. And Big Sauce Jacobs. I believe that. Well, Sauce Jacobs hasn't played nearly enough seasons to even get close. Exactly. So hang on, 2,000 disposals, and where are we at? Getting stats live on air. Yeah, wow. Ringing, ringing with the question. While, while we wait, we'll go to the mailbag. 137 games, guys. That's okay, we got mail, have we? So, 14 and a 14. half disposals a game. That's not bad for a outside running mid. You'd probably want a little bit more, but... I was hoping it was in the single digits and I was going to give him shit. Hmm. Um, no, we have no mail. Send okay. us mail, people. Yeah. Listen send to us talk a, more send and it, send mail. If you're still listening now, the tail end of the podcast, yep. please send us an email or... Thelatechange at gmail.com. <laughs> Facebook.com slash The Late Change. Shit, we stopped doing that everywhere. We did, yeah. Uh, iTunes. We're on iTunes. At yeah, I don't think Twitter. At, Twitter yeah. at The Late Change. All right. Let's wrap it up unless anyone else has got anything to share. No, we're good. No, nah, cool. You can send us off, Kyle, with your classic Kyle Tiger, yellow and black. We're from Tiger Land. Beautiful. See you next week.